Hey there, my name is Pastor Meshach, and welcome back as we continue working our way through the Acts of the Apostles. Today we're in Acts chapter 7, verses 35, all the way, I believe, through verse 53. This is going to be the final section of Stephen's defense. You'll recall that at the end of chapter 6, he was dragged before some religious rulers, um, and they, they made the false accusation that he was making claims about Jesus, that Jesus was trying to overturn the law and destroy the temple and things along those lines. And so in chapter seven, Stephen uses this as an opportunity, uh, not, not merely to defend himself, but to teach a lesson, a history lesson, as it were, uh, to show these people how Jesus is the deliverer that God has sent and that they have a history of refusing or rejecting God's deliverers in, in, and in replace desiring uh, to serve another idol. And so in this, in this uh, last section, he finishes off with Moses and goes all the way through the present day uh, in showing this. So let's look at this section real quick. He starts off with Moses saying that um, this Moses that they rejected, God made a ruler and judge over them. Um, it's, it's Moses that is through Moses that the law was given uh, and all these things. So there were clear signs that God was with Moses. God spoke to Moses. If you remember the story of the wilderness, uh, you'll recall that Moses' face was shiny because he spent so much time in the presence of God. So these people understood that the Lord was with Moses. All that notwithstanding, when Moses was on the mountain for a long time, everybody remembers what happened down in the camp. They look around, they wonder where Moses is, and so they say to Aaron, we don't know whether this man is alive or dead. Let's fashion an idol so that we can worship it. And so even though they had all the signs that God was the man that Moses chose, they rejected him. And as Stephen says in this passage, their hearts pined towards Egypt. They wanted to return to Egypt. And the way of returning to Egypt is always the way of idolatry. And that's what Stephen's showing them here. And so then he, it's very important to consider what he mentions. I believe it's in... Um, in 37, this is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. So Stephen's pointing and saying, the Moses that you guys revere, he also pointed to another prophet that's going to be like him. So notice what he's doing here. In the same way they rejected Moses, Stephen's saying, you're rejecting Jesus. Jesus is the prophet that's like Moses. So pay attention, people. And so he keeps on going on with this theme about how their hearts really pined after Egypt by worshiping idols. They worshiped the idol of Moloch. They worshiped uh, all these idols from the nations that they were supposed to uh, root out of the lands, but instead they allowed them to stay. And in staying, their hearts were corrupted and their hearts were drawn after the idols that these gods uh, worshiped. And so Stephen even makes this astonishing claim that even in the temple, the temple that they so revere, their hearts worshiped the temple rather than worshiping the God who was supposed to dwell within the temple. And their hearts worshiped the law rather than worshiping the God who gave the law. So the, the claim that he's making, so, so first they make a claim about him and saying, this guy's trying to, well, I, I guess um, even their, the claim that they make, it proves his point. Notice the claim. They're saying that he's uh, suggesting that Jesus is trying to tear down the temple and do away with the law. 
that shows what's most important to them. So he uses their argument against them. And he's saying, like, listen, you guys are so protective about the law. You're so protective about the temple. Why? Because their hearts were worshiping it rather than worshiping the, the deliverer and the restorer that God has sent. In the same way they rejected Moses, now they're rejecting Jesus. And he finishes with this astonishing claim that uh, it's so powerful that I'm just going to have to read it. First of all, he says God doesn't dwell in, in places made with human hands. So this idea that the temple is so sacred and this and that, get it out of your head. God is too big to dwell in places that humans have made. The earth is his, is his footstool. You know, the whole cosmos is his throne. So get that out of your head. But then he finishes with this. Listen to what he says. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. So he's just saying, you guys know your history. The history of rejection, the history of resisting God. Your fathers did that. They killed the prophets, and now look, you've done the same thing. You rejected the one that God sent. You killed the one that God sent, but God raised him back up, and look at you now. You're still rejecting his movement. Well, we all know what happened to Stephen after that, and we'll look at it next week. But there is a message for us to consider from this passage, because we have our own way of making stuff sacred. Church, the, 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 the sanctuary. Uh, certain traditions that have been handed down to us. And I think we run the risk of being stiff-necked people if we forget that we're not worshiping those things, but we're worshiping the God that gave us those things. So if we ever find ourselves uh, being so connected and so tightly bound to some of the things that have formed us and some of the means of grace that God has given us, then we may want to read this passage and ask the question, are we Stephen in this passage or are we the people that are accusing Stephen in this passage? Because we want to be worshipers of God, not worshipers of, of church or not worshipers of a certain style of music or a certain style of preaching, not worshipers of a certain tradition, uh, contemporary or traditional service. None of that stuff. Those are just means that are supposed to help us worship God. They're, point, they're supposed to point us to God, but we all know how easy it is for those supplementary things to become the main thing. So let me just say a prayer for all of us uh, that God would help us keep the main thing the main thing. Heavenly Father, we confess that it's so easy for us to pay attention to the visible signs of your presence. It's so easy for us to lionize the things that you've given us and those things take places in our hearts that were meant only for you. I pray, oh God, that you would loosen us from the easy grip of idolatry by giving us a clear vision of who you are through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and help us love you with all of our hearts, all of our minds, and all of our strength. Love you in such a way that our lives bear witness to who you are in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening, for watching. Next time, we're going to be looking at the stoning of Stephen. Man, in just one chapter, I've fallen in love with this brother. And uh, now it's, it's sad to see him go, but he went in the glorious way. He had a radiant life and a radiant death. So study Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through Acts chapter 8, verses 3, and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.